0: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the World Wide Web. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on all of your podcast apps on Amazon, Alexa, on Google Home. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. And you might have to check on your Packers fans friends right now and, you, and probably your Bears friends friends as well, because the Packers beat the Chicago Bears 24 to 23 in one of the most ridiculous, exciting, nearly heartbreaking, heart pumping blood racing games that I can remember uh, watching the Green Bay Packers. And already a bunch of you have sent messages to the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can always do that at 920-341-3775. Please send me all of those messages. I have already, like I said, uh, gotten a bunch of them. And in real time, I mean, it's fun to get them during the game when you guys are going, oh, please be okay, Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, that is the number one story in this game, the health of Aaron Rodgers, because it was the number one deciding factor in this game. On the first drive of the game, Green Bay looks bad. And the, the passing game is a mess, and the offensive line isn't playing well. They can't block Akeem Hicks. They can't block Khalil Mack. And you're going, this is not ideal. And the Chicago Bears then go down and just embarrass the Packers' defense. Touchdown, 7-0. And you're going, okay, offense, time to regroup. They don't. The Bears come down and get a field goal. Okay, offense, it's time to come back with your best stuff. And Green Bay didn't do that. And so at that point, this is when the questions start to come. What did they do in the offseason? Why isn't this offense more diverse looking than it was in years past? They played almost exclusively in 11 personnel once again in this game. Where was the diversity we were promised? Where was the diversity we saw in the preseason? They came out with three tight ends at one point and Never got a chance. Now, this is one of those problems. They never got a chance to get going. One first down can can roll downhill and turn into a bunch. And that's what we saw in the second half. But the game was 10-0 when a Bears defensive lineman crashes into Aaron Rodgers' leg and he goes down. And he lays in pain on the Lambeau Field turf. And the, the hearts of Packer fans everywhere are in their throats. And they're nauseous and they're biting their nails and their hands are over their mouth and they're going, please get up, please get up, please get up. And then he gets up and he falls back down, grabbing that left knee. And that is his surgically repaired left knee. He knows what it feels like to have a major knee injury in that knee. He walks off the field, he goes into the blue tent, and he gets, he ends up being carted to the locker room. And in the meantime, the Green Bay defense writes the ship. Deshaun Kaiser, however, does not. He makes a couple nice plays, and, and those do need to be pointed out, makes a great conversion to Randall Cobb on third and six. Randall Cobb had his best game as a Packer, maybe since 2014. And A a, just a bonehead mistake from Deshaun Kaiser walks himself into a sack, ball needed to be out, had a receiver open underneath. His red zone struggles continue. This is a problem for Kaiser. Now, I'm not ready to hang all of that on Mike McCarthy yet. Brian Gudekinst traded his most seasoned backup quarterback in favor of Kaiser. Kaiser, although he made a bunch of starts last year, is a very raw player who still doesn't know this offense. Inside and out, the way that maybe Brett Hundley does. So that's that's at least a three-point swing. But the Packers get a stop. Their defense gets them the ball back. And in a two-minute offense, on third down, third and long, the Bears had no timeouts left. Why would Mike McCarthy not just hand the ball off and let's get out of here unscathed, 10-0? Instead, tries to run a screenplay. Now, give Khalil Mack credit, and and I know you will. Khalil Mack makes an incredible play, picks off the screen pass, takes it back to the house. It's 17-0. Aaron Rodgers is in the locker room with his knee being examined. Deshaun Kaiser is the quarterback. The defense is on its heels. And be honest, you thought, I can't believe I have to watch 16 weeks of this. I can't believe... I have to sit through this again. I can't believe that we made the switch from Dom Capers to Mike Patton and nothing changed. And I can't believe that Mike McCarthy said the offense was going to be better and that they had scratched the old playbook and they were going to start from square one and it's the same stale concepts. And nothing has changed and maybe we can get Lincoln Riley. You thought that. That thought crossed your mind. I know it did it crossed my mind and and i tweeted it out i said i said mike mccarthy's seat is starting to get warm and a lot of fans i think rightly said it should have been warm 2 years ago 3 years ago after the 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 2014 nfc championship game maybe it should have been hot i think certainly after 2015 it should have been hot and midway through 2016 it it if if rodgers doesn't go run the table god mode hot we might have been talking about a new head coach after 2016. Now, the Packers won. Did you know? Did you ever have any doubt? They came back from 20 down to beat the Chicago Bears. It's the biggest fourth quarter deficit ever erased by the Green Bay Packers. It is the greatest single comeback of Aaron Rodgers' career. And it is going to go down as a vintage Aaron Rodgers moment. An incredible set of highlights that are going to go on uh, his Hall of Fame highlight reel. And and the offense changed in the second half. It changed. And it was able... I don't think it's a coincidence that when they go no huddle and Aaron Rodgers is making calls. And Aaron Rodgers is basically calling plays. I don't think it's a coincidence that that is when the offense succeeds the most. Now... I will point out that last year with Brett Hundley, and I want to I want to make this point because I don't want it to be solely an indictment of Mike McCarthy because I don't think it is. Brett Hundley played his best the first drive of the game and the first drive of the second half when McCarthy is calling scripted plays. It is a partnership that works for the Packers. McCarthy is great with the script, and Aaron Rodgers is great early in games working within the script. Green Bay regularly when the offense is really working, gets out to early leads because they can score on that opening drive. And even when the offense isn't great, they can score on that opening drive. And last year they were scoring on the opening drive and then just not doing anything after that. When Aaron Rodgers can get out there and he can and he can run the show, this offense can be really good, and they showed it in the second half. Down 20-0, they score 17 unanswered, The Bears get a field goal, and Aaron Rodgers hits Randall Cobb, noted Bear killer, Randall Cobb. He of the 2013 Week 17 game winner on fourth down in Chicago to win the division and send the Packers to the playoffs. Goes 75 yards for the game-winning touchdown, and the defense holds. The defense holds. Now, they had to win the game twice because of a roughing the passer penalty, but the defense... Held, And we're going to talk about the defense a little bit later. One of the things that is really fascinating to me is this was a seven and a half point spread and the Packers didn't cover. But the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, when Aaron Rodgers was either on the field or about to be because he wasn't technically on the field for that second half drive where the Bears scored the field goal, but he was later. The Bears scored 10 points in the first half when Aaron Rodgers was on the field, and then 6 points in the second half when Rodgers was on the field. That's 16. The Packers scored 24. 24-16 to is a cover. And if you want to wager on these kinds of games, that's something that tells you that Las Vegas knows what it's doing. But if you pick the Packers to cover, like I did, you would have been right if not for the Aaron Rodgers injury. And remember... As I say to you all the time, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, which is why you should trust MyBookie.ag. They have live in-game betting. When the Packers got the ball, you could have bet on Aaron Rodgers to lead the game-winning drive. And I would have done it. And if you did it, you would have won. That is the the beauty of Of playing at mybookie.ag. And right now, when you join, MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar when you use the promo code locked on to activate. Visit MyBookie online today and don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim your bonus. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. I want to talk defense for a second. There was a lot of weirdness going on on those first two drives. And Green Bay was mixing personnel. They were mixing packages. They were mixing coverages. They were doing a lot of different things, but they were playing a little passive, a little soft. They were missing tackles. And and in some ways, that's to be expected for week one. A lot of these guys did not play extended snaps. Kevin King missed basically the entire preseason. He's not going to be up to speed. Jair Alexander missed a big chunk of preseason. And it's interesting, Devon House was a special teams player. Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander were the corners after Tremont Williams and Kevin King. And those guys, they played all over the field. I, in the second half, at one point, they were using a corner to spy Mitch Trubisky. Eventually, that'll be someone like Josh Jones, maybe Oren Burks. But in this game, without those players, Green Bay had to get creative. And it was interesting that they decided Trey Burton... And Tariq Cohen were receivers. They decided we are gonna we are gonna treat these guys as receivers and we're gonna put corners on them and then dare us to beat them. Trey Burton, one catch 15 yards. Tariq Cohen, three catches 16 yards. The idea worked. And it's worth pointing out after those first two drives, I looked up at the at the end of the game and looked at Mitch Trubisky's numbers. 23 of 35 for 171. That's a 4.9 average, a 77.2 quarterback rating. He didn't play great. He really didn't. Missed open receivers, missed a touchdown throw that he should have made. After those first two drives, he really wasn't that impressive throwing the ball. Made a couple nice plays running, made a couple nice first downs with his legs. Seven carries, 32 yards, a, a bunch of first down runs. But as a thrower, the Packers stymied him a little bit. I was surprised at how effective the Bears were on the ground. They they put up 139 yards on 27 carries. That's a 5.1 yard average. Jordan Howard, 15 carries, 82 yards. A number of plays where Green Bay had the play stopped, and they just the players couldn't make tackles. Haha, Clinton Dix a bunch of times either overran the play or didn't make a tackle when he had the chance. Clay Matthews, man, I spent the whole off season defending this guy, and he was terrible. Not just the roughing the passer penalty that that extended the game. Missed tackles in the backfield. No impact as a pass rusher. Just really didn't play well. Now, he played very little in the Packers preseason. So, it, it is it is hard to really get after him. He's, he's going to have another favorable matchup next week. But he was off the field for a lot of the second half because Nick Perry and Reggie Gilbert were just playing better. And Mike Pettin's defense allows for that. After the first two drives that the Bears had, their next six possessions, three plays four yards, four plays minus three, three plays five yards, 12 plays 60 yards, that was the the opening drive of the second half, three plays eight yards, three plays nine yards. That's four three and outs plus another punt and then a stop. Now, the, the one disconcerting thing was the Bears got the ball back with nine minutes left and didn't kick the field goal until just under three minutes. I think it was 2.42 left in the game. It was a 14-play drive, and Green Bay just couldn't get off the field. A number of third downs that, that should have been stopped, they couldn't get stops. But the Bears played incredibly conservative on that drive. They played for the field goal, even though it's six and not seven. They played not to lose. When you play not to lose, you are doing what the other team wants you to do. You are doing what the other team wants you to do. And that was exactly what Green Bay wanted them to do. Play for the field goal. Be conservative. Stop doing the things that had made you successful over the course of the game and give the Packers the ball back with enough time to go win it because Aaron Rodgers was unbelievable. Believable. He finishes 20 of 30 for 286. That's a nine and a half yards average, three touchdowns, a 130.7 quarterback rating. What what am I, what did I predict on this show last week? 260, 280, and three touchdowns. Now I didn't predict a, a heroic comeback. I didn't predict 21 points in the fourth quarter erasing a 17-point fourth-quarter deficit. I didn't predict coming back from the injury, coming back from being carted off the field. And Aaron Rodgers said in his postgame comments he knew they were going to win when he came back out in the second half. That is the belief that he had. He came out, and he was walking. He starts to jog, and the crowd goes nuts. And he said, well, we we might as well go win this thing. Well, Aaron, the Packers are 1-0, and, and they host... Maybe the best team in the league this week in the Minnesota Vikings. I was doing a Fox Sports radio hit on Sunday after the game, and they asked me about the run game, and it, it hadn't really occurred to me because Green Bay was behind, and when you're down ten nothing, seventeen nothing, twenty to nothing, you you can't really run the ball that well, or at least that much. But what I do think is, is interesting is Jamal Williams got not just a lion's share. He got basically all the carries. 15 carries, 47 yards. Not very good. Ty Montgomery, two carries, seven yards. Now, what they did do was use Ty Montgomery out of the backfield. He had two catches. He had another one called back on a penalty. That that was a very good call. But I, I just, in, in an offense that in the first half lacked explosive plays, to not use Ty Montgomery more, I think, is was really a mistake. And I understand he still struggles with pass protection. Even on, on one of the big plays, Ty Montgomery, uh, it was actually the Randall Cobb touchdown. Rodgers said after the game, Ty Montgomery didn't know who to block. But he was able to to do just enough to allow Rodgers to get the ball to Randall Cobb. And Randall Cobb, it's hard to to say enough about how good he was. Nine catches on 10 targets, 142 yards and a touchdown. The 75-yarder obviously was huge, but had a number of other first down conversions. They converted a third and one. They basically got two yards on third and one, and that was the first conversion of the second half uh, for Aaron Rodgers. That, that got them going on the drive. That that ended in a field goal. That got them on the scoreboard, and that was a big drive. I know it was it was only a field goal. It was only three. But it was a momentum builder for the Packers' offense. And they were able to, to go from there. I mean, Devontae Adams, five catches, 88 yards. He had the 51-yarder. And then the touchdown after that, Andronimo Allison, was awesome. He had the 39-yard touchdown. An incredible throw from Aaron Rodgers, who was, who was fading to his left a little bit. Makes the throw back across the field. Rainbow shot. To the to the only place the ball could be, Kyle Fuller thought he was out of bounds, and he wasn't. Just a perfect throw. Those are gonna. That's gonna be your offense. I think if if you're gonna be disappointed in the passing game from anyone, it's gonna be Jimmy Graham. You expected him to be a bigger part of this offense, but what's interesting is Aaron Rodgers talked about needing to get the ball out of his hands, and in the second half they did a lot of quick hitter stuff, but then. What you can do from that, and and this is something we'll explore a little bit more this week because Rodgers, who said he's going to play on Sunday against the Vikings, is still going to be limited. If if all you're going to do is make throws underneath, the defense is going to start sitting on those throws. So what do you do? You go double move. That 51-yarder was a double move by Devontae Adams. And you're able to create some space because the defense thinks that they want to compress the field. So maybe they come up a little bit. Maybe they play a little bit more aggressively. Maybe they react to that first move and you can get them on a double move. Maybe they they play a little bit more single high safety to close down windows and you can take a deep shot for a touchdown to Geronimo Allison. Maybe you're able, if that first play isn't there, To reset your feet, Randall Cobb works back across the field. You hit him in the middle of the field and stride and there's no bear near him and he can go 75 yards for a touchdown. This team needed explosive plays and in the second half, they got them. It wasn't all Aaron Rodgers. He's going to get all the credit and he deserves a ton of credit, obviously, for gutting out an incredible, incredible performance. But these receivers... For all the concerns about, oh, they're not getting open in the first half. Oh, no one's open. No one's open. As someone who consistently watches the All-22, and last year this was a criticism. It's been a criticism for a couple years. I would say two or three times a game when, when the announcers say no one's open or when fans are saying no one's open, it's true that no one's open. Oftentimes, someone is open. The quarterback just isn't looking at him. There are multiple options on every play. And in in the case of Chicago, they were getting pressure in the first half. Rodgers was not able to cycle through his progressions. And then Deshaun Kaiser just didn't have a chance against Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. In the second half, you get some tempo going. You wear down those defenders. You give yourself an opportunity because you can hold up. Brian Bulaga played much better in the second half. He got his legs under him a little bit. and, And those Chicago pass rushers... Lost their legs a little bit. Now Green Bay is going to face a pass rush that is every bit as good as this Bears one and and has a much better secondary next week. If Rodgers can't move, that's going to be a big problem. Now they got this win, and that's a huge win. They need to go get another win next week because this defense is going to continue to get better. I loved the progress this defense made, even just in one game. Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, they're going to be players. They made big plays down the stretch. The fourth down play that, that didn't count was a play Jair Alexander made. Went up and high-pointed the ball. Josh Jackson had a pass breakup on the, on the second set of downs that they got after the Clay Matthews roughing them passer penalty. These cornerbacks are, are playing better. They're going to hopefully get Oren Burks back. Josh Jones is going to be back eventually. You hope that this defense continues to coalesce. And this offense was able to create big plays. And they were able to do it on schedule. Snatching a win out of the jaws of defeat in week one is a great momentum builder. And Aaron Rodgers said it after the game. It's great to get a win when you made a lot of mistakes because you put that on film. And now you can go correct those mistakes. And that's what Green Bay has to do. They can't play like this and expect to beat the Minnesota Vikings. But they got the win. And that ultimately is what matters in week one. Go win your game. And the Packers did it in one of the most absurd roller coaster of emotions games that I can remember in recent vintage. If you want to tell me how you felt about this game, you can do that at the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers and, and send us your thoughts there. I wrote the game story for AcmePackingCompany.com, so so please go check that out. Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels were invoking the great Willis Reed and the, and the iconic moment at Madison Square Garden where Reed came out and, and limped around and, and led the Knicks to a win in Game 7. I don't know that, that in week one you can you can ascribe the same sort of meaning to this game, but this was a superstar player, an all-time great, putting the team on his back despite an injury, gutting out a win, and then invoking the name of Brett Favre after the game, saying when you play behind Brett, you understand that it takes incredible toughness to play this position, and he felt he had to go gut this one out and win it for his team, and that is exactly what he did. It's, it is now Minnesota Vikings week. You take the win, and now we have to move on. We eyes toward Minnesota week two, an NFC North showdown, and it should be a really fun week to dissect matchups, to follow the injuries. The Packers have critical injuries, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to find out on Wednesday what this injury is, probably the earliest. Uh, Might find out some information tomorrow at the McCarthy Press Conference. There may be more information by the time you listen to this. Obviously, I, I, I can't I can't wait for McCarthy to have his press conference on Monday. I can't wait for, for any reports to come out. I gotta do this show. So you may know more by the time that, that you listen to this, but Roger said he's playing. so I'm gonna take him at his word right now. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope to see you there. I got at least one text on the Lockdown podcast fan hotline from a Vikings fan who said he likes the show. Love to hear that. This is another rivalry week for the Green Bay Packers. You have to be in it. This is what you waited all offseason for. The Packers get a win in week one, and now they get to go build on it in week two, the biggest game of their season, potentially all year, not just to this point, potentially all year, and this is it. Coming off an electrifying victory on Sunday night. We'll have a ton to talk about all week, which means you have to stay locked on, Packers.